0: Welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer, Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. It's another great week here on the podcast. I've got a really good friend of mine that... uh, Funny enough, this is going to be the first podcast that I will have someone on that actually doesn't live here in Alberta. Uh, he's an outsider, but sh- an outsider. don't tell anybody,
1: but we love him. Shia, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And you know, I am still on the west side of Canada. So I'm like a cousin, a distant Alberta cousin here in BC. Yeah, you're our neighbors. We love the West Coast. I, I always enjoy uh,
0: when I get to go out there. Not enough, but uh, hopefully I, I can uh, make my way out there again soon uh and hang out with you uh in person
1: yeah that would that be great we'll hippify you we'll turn you into a bc hippie i love it i love it i
0: may have to work on like the long you know hippie hair so I may have to put some extensions <laughs> yeah, in but yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast this is gonna be a, a different episode than i typically have because this one is really going to be uh, talking about networking and so if you're a wedding professional listening to this podcast Take notes. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of like golden nuggets that are gonna be dropped uh, along the way here. So, but I think a lot of these tips too can be um, applied to any industry. So, if you're planning your own wedding and obviously you have your own career, I think a lot of these tips can be uh, applied to uh, any profession too.
1: Yeah, and thanks for having me on here to talk about this. Like networking is, it's exciting for me, and it has also become very important because I spent like four years at another studio. And when I decided to go full-time in my own business, like right after I just bought my first condo with my wife, like I was taking a leap by quitting and going full-time and networking, like not just helped me stay afloat, but I actually thrived in my first year, which was 2019. And then into 2020, like (laughs) networking helped me get through that wonderful time we all experienced.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like, I really want to like um, go back in time and really learn about how you got into wedding photography, and you've been in this uh, for a little while now. I won't say how many years. Like, maybe you want to share that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the networking tips that you're going to be uh, sharing today, I really want the listeners to, to know like where you've come from and and how you got to where you are today, which is pretty cool. You, I mean, you you travel around the world. You've you are very well-known in the uh, wedding industry when it comes to uh, videography and even uh, on photography for that matter too. So the floor is yours. We're all uh, ears. Ooh,
1: okay. Who is Shia? So I have, I've been filming weddings for, uh, is it close? I'm in my ninth year right now. And I didn't actually want to do this this job. After volunteering in Kenya, volunteering in Ecuador, like I was pursuing education in international development studies out in Ontario, because I wanted to help the world. But I was gifted this camera. And it's this common story that happens to a lot of us in the industry. I was given this really garbage camera, which is great at the time. Yeah. And I was hooked. Like, I understood the, the optics and working in manual within one week. And I was taking pictures of nature and of people. And people saw, like, the beauty that I that I was seeing in, in my world. and. I realized that, okay, if I can take really cool pictures and meaningful pictures, like eventually, couldn't I do this for movies? And like, I grew up watching movies with my family and analyzing them. Not that I'm into like plot and all that right now, but like I was moved by movies, be it anger, joy, you know, any Pixar movie, I'm bawling my eyes out. And I thought like, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to have a positive impact on the world through video. I didn't necessarily think that would be through weddings, though. I thought it'd be like making cool commercials and inspiring people to get products or services that actually help them out and enhance their life. And then I shot my first wedding and I was like pretty much hooked. It's like a big... Are we allowed to swear on this or no? Go, go ahead. It's, it was a badass party and people are my caffeine. I am an extrovert on a cellular level. Yeah. Yeah. So, being around other people, but providing them with a keepsake that'll help them remember who their family members were, show their kids who their grandparents, great-grandparents were. I also remember like, how like in love they were, how, fun, how much fun they had. Like, I was like this, is, like, this is great work. And I get to go to a party every weekend. And I've been doing that for nine years now in total. But I'm in my fourth year in my own business, though. So let's talk about that.
0: When did you really know like that this was going to be a life-changing um opportunity for you? Like was it like love at first sight at that first wedding and you're like, "Oh, this is my jam?" Or did it take a few weddings and and maybe, you know, going through some hoops along the way to really, you know,
1: find out that this was your calling? Yeah, it did actually take a few weddings and numerous hoops. At the time, I think I was like Maybe 21 when I first started exploring weddings, and I just found someone on Craigslist out in Ontario who had their business, and I would like associate shoot. Looking back, like it kind of was like a sketchy business, <laughs> just not like the best practices. But fair enough. I was exploring like, do I want to shoot music videos or commercial or weddings? And then when I decided to move to BC, there was a studio that I applied to that was. In Toronto, but expanding into BC, and that's kind of how I like really fell into it because I got this position, and it was just like the owner, myself, and then the photographer, like working out of the guy's like condo in Surrey, which is if people know BC, like it's just like small town, not small town, but like it's not like the nicest area of BC. Um, and we just worked out of his condo, shooting like thirty weddings each. And then editing, and I had, I really enjoyed the process, and I felt like this is something I could do for a long, long time because people are my caffeine, and just like being involved and being creative was also really, really important. And weddings force you to find meaning or a cool shot for the cake, yeah, or like a one millionth bouquet. Like it challenged me creatively.
0: Yeah, let's talk about those challenges because obviously, like it was challenging you. Uh, on a creative side, as you just mentioned, but as someone who just moved across the country and you, now you're working out of this this condo uh for uh, this other company, I mean, did you have any moments where you're like, okay, I've been enough more than I can chew? You know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I need to start looking at doing something else, but mm-hmm. still in the creative field, or like, were you thinking it was like, okay, how can I do this on my own? How can I just branch off and
1: become my own brand. Right. I, for the four years that I worked with that company, I was all in because I didn't have the skills to get clients or do follow through on administrative tasks or branding or marketing. I didn't know any of that. I was happy just to be given the clients, meet with them, schmooze, shoot the wedding, make them happy, and then deliver an awesome video. Like, I was all in to do that and just do what I thought, or at the time, was I was most passionate about. But little did I know that I was accumulating a lot of skills, helping build this business. Uh, They ended up moving into Yale Town, which is like a really, really nice area of Vancouver. Like, picture lots of French Bulldogs. You're going to get your lip fillers and you're doing CrossFit. Like, people have money there. So, This company grew and I was a part of that. And I was exposed to great ways to run a business at the time, other aspects that probably could have been done differently. And I took all that and eventually I thought, I want to do something differently. And actually the catalyst, Kevin, was going to a networking event in Austin, Texas, Masters in Motion, where I got to speak to Adam Grumbo of Grumbo, like wedding films. This guy's like a goat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he just kind of said to me, like, hey man, like, why don't you start your own business? You'll be happy and make more money. And I thought, like, at the time, you know, maybe I should because I was This guy's a genius. Yeah, I wasn't like happy at the company. After four years, part of me was like, You guys should do something differently. I was like writing reports for them based on events and other things, like and he just said something critical at this like really important moment in my life where I then decided I want to try things on my own. And so that was, was
0: that 2019?
1: It was, it was, the the conference actually was 2018, late 2018.
0: Okay. And so you had like basically a full year of this before things changed, obviously for the world. Yeah. Talk about 2019 and and what that journey was like when you, you came back home and you now got this like, this
1: itch, this, this bug in your ear and you're like, oh, I, I got to run with this now. Yeah, I spent on my way home on the flight, it was a four hour flight. I spent two hours writing a pros and cons list because my decision was going to affect my wife. And there was this huge itch and I spoke to her. I spoke to like my closest friends, bounced ideas off and, off them. And then I found certain resources here in BC to help build a business plan and get funding because gear ain't cheap. And all my gear belonged to the studio, but after putting a lot of steps in, like the plan, and and even informing my network that I was leaving, which was a strategic, like because I wanted to stay in touch with them, I started the company Shia K Films in March, March first, twenty nineteen. But the key thing was saying goodbye, like signing off from the company to all of the photographers and planners really so that they knew what I was doing. Yeah, And I got that idea because a wedding and event coordinator at a venue that I loved going to, she signed off and I thought, yo, if she's leaving, but she said bye, like I want to stay in touch with her. So I took that and ran with it. Yeah. How
0: was the, the feedback you got from your wife and your family? Like what did they think of that? I mean, I imagine it wasn't just like, oh, sure, honey, yeah, just do whatever you want,
1: right? No, this is life changing. Yeah. They believed in me. They saw the passion behind it. But of course, there was this not a warning, but like be precautious and take the steps and be methodical. And if you're going to get funding, what are you spending it on? Are you spending it on like things that don't actually help you? Like, do you need the best gear? Mm hmm. And also, how are you going to get your first weddings? How are you going to yeah. price them? So they asked me a lot of questions. And I think having that village of people that will get you to think reasonably and challenge you a little bit too, like that being being nice isn't always being kind. Like your family and close friends, like they're going to make you think the tough things. They'll give you some tough love. Yeah. Tough loves is what you need. And and when you're making big decisions that affect you and your Family, be it your spouse, whatever your dog, even you got to feed your dog. Yeah, so you got to make money
0: for sure. So, how would you like describe your style of old films? Did they change once you uh, moved onto your own brand, or did you kind of like just piggyback off of oh. what you had been doing like the previous like four or five years?
1: Man, that's such a good question. I had to do a lot of unlearning, and I wasn't really happy with my videos until probably two years in so that's 2021 yeah I was like okay hey, this is Shia's style and even then like my style has evolved more because i have the confidence to try new things and other videographers i've seen have given me permission because they're they're being kind of crazy or they're being more sentimental and i want to try those things or so they're doing time lapses so I had to do a lot of unlearning on what I thought was a wedding video. But not just the deliverable, but even like carrying myself in the wedding or at the wedding and showing up. Like, I thought you have to wear dark clothes. Yeah, you're going to this like high-end balling wedding at at a hall or like a hotel and you got to wear black. Mm. That's what everyone else is doing. But I, I looked at like Bottle Brush out in Australia. Yeah. Like Grace and Andrew, they're wearing... Color, and I like that. That's what I wear.
0: I'm the same way. Like I, a couple of years ago, uh, Banana Republic was very <laughs> happy with me, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like yeah, it, I changed my wardrobe completely. So like I don't wear like all black on a day. That's just my yeah. brand. That's you know as to their own. But yeah, like I I wear very colorful shirts, and because it, it speaks to who I am for one. And I always wanted to kind of blend in. And I found too, like wearing those type of shirts. Like, although like they
1: stand out, I'm not also looking like I'm going to a funeral. Exactly, or like people aren't gonna ask you where the washrooms are or to refill. I still get that sometimes. You still get that, yeah. yeah. It, it happens. Like people think you need <laughs> help, and you're like, man, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, but yeah, man, it, it took me quite a while to unlearn and and, and discover what I wanted to do. And you talked about like the
0: networking aspect of that by talking and, with others in the field, really getting inspiration from others. And you you can't do that without really like putting yourself out there. Like you can be a fly on a wall and follow all these like, amazing videographers and creatives out there, but I find like where you really start diving deep and, and getting like these hidden gems that can really like alter your life and your business is when you actually like put yourself out there and you approach them. Like these are just everyday folks, just like you and I, like we put them on these pedestals, like they're like celebrities, but in a lot of ways they're, they're just like you and I, right They're They are just everyday people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the people that we look up to, but if someone is, if there's a videographer in Alberta and they have the opportunity to work with their dream photographer or dream planner, Understand that you are part of a team that's working for the couple. And of course, the photog and the planner might want reels or video content from you. But ultimately, if you can show up and help these other vendors provide an awesome service, then that will be an impression that lasts for a long time. So get the photographer a wedding Coke when they're doing family photos in the blazing sun. Get them water. Help move flowers the odd time. You know, if someone asks, like, we've yep. definitely done this for planners because they need it. And if I have the time, then I'll help because ultimately we're here for the couple. Preach. I mean, uh, if
0: there's uh, anything that people can get out of this podcast episode is exactly what you just said. And this is something like I say to my couples all the time. Like, I'm here part of your team. Like, this isn't about me. This isn't my date. This is your day. We're all here. We play a role and we are all here to help one another to bring the best out of everyone on that day. And it's, it's really about like how you make others feel.
1: Uh
0: I find like along the process, like I don't consider myself the best videographer in this province, but I truly believe that the experience I do give my couples from the minute they inquire to even like after like I deliver their films, because a lot of times we stay friends and we follow each other and, and, we keep in touch. It's how I made them feel along yeah. the way. And that goes a long, long way. And I, I can't say that enough on how important that is mm-hmm. in what we do. Like, don't think about like having the, the best camera because you give the best camera and all this fancy gear and I'll do all these yeah. fancy shots. But if the couple doesn't feel connected with you, if they don't feel like that, they can't recommend
1: you to others, right. right then you failed. Right. Or if you make a great video to your standards, but you made them pose five times in a row and made them uncomfortable, when they look at that in the video, yeah. they're going to remember being uncomfortable. So yeah, exactly. It really is about the experience first and then the badass video second. Like you're really just an extension of like, or you should be an extension of their wedding party, brides. M- man grooms woman whatever you want to be and i'll reverse those but i've seen them lately like be an extension of their team and then they'll remember how they felt um in the video and really feelings like networking is about how you make people feel and that's what i want to reframe in in the vendor's mind is, is switching that around so let's get right into that because you've got some
0: uh, great uh, networking tips that you've presented in the past at your own conference back in uh, may which we'll definitely touch on uh, later on Mm -hmm. at the end of this uh, episode but i want to give you the floor because this is an area that you're really passionate about Mm. as i am too but i really want people to really sit back and like if you have to re-listen to this episode like multiple times do it because you know what What he's about to share with you is going to be something that can really, really change your business. And that's not an over-exaggeration, but you really have to listen and be willing to take these steps. Because some of these steps, they're not comfortable in the beginning. You have to get out of your little bubble to do a lot of these things. So the floor is all yours, man. I'm all ears. I'm going to be taking notes down too. Okay. Okay.
1: Thank you. So networking is important. For videographers, at least, like we are downstream. It's planner, like venue, and then photographer, yep. and then videographer. Now, the odd time, the couple will book you before the, the photographer, and you do everything you can for that couple. <laughs> but networking needs to be reframed, because it's not about how that person can help you. You don't want to offer your services when you just meet someone like that's just cringe. It's really is about helping other people and connecting or yeah, it's connecting and repeating, not just connect and repeat. So what I mean by that is you don't just want to meet, like if, if you're at an event, an industry event, you don't want to meet 10 people, get their Instagram, peace out. It's mm-hmm. have two meaningful conversations get to know them what are their challenges why they started like in this industry what are some fun stories they have really get to know that person and then you can kind of move on or you can share because it's the quality of of your network that's going to support you not the quantity of people you know so there is a little bit of like Interviewing, kind of like what we're doing right here, that allows you to get to know the person. And if I can, can I share like a little anecdote of why networking is important? Go right ahead, man. Okay. So, when I was at the studio that I used to work for, there was a photographer who branched out on her own and she asked me to shoot an event with her. And it was like the year end rap party for a Russian bank. And Russian banks were like, they were not my niche at all no (laughs) finances like the financial industry was not my niche i was just starting out though and i thought like this is someone i like i want to show up for her and i'm also going to meet new people because her client was actually the eight was an agency so i wanted to help her out because we were good friends and when i went there like it was fun they had like an ice luge and they were pouring vodka and yes i tried some and there were speeches in russian and i really had no idea what was really happening i just made like a hype 90 second video for them yeah now have i ever filmed for that russian bank again no i haven't i haven't got zero work from that bank and you don't have a bank account over in Russia. I do not especially now it would be locked <laughs> out anyway. That's a whole other episode. Um, but because I said yes to a photographer that I liked being around and because I said yes to the potential to learn, I've actually had multiple small jobs with this agency. And up until this year, 4 years later, I had two commercial jobs that brought in $40,000 in revenue. Wow. Like huge. When I got these jobs, like I was I came to tears because the deposit was larger than my biggest project in 2020. That's incredible. And so because I said yes to a small job, I gained a a valuable creative partner that allowed me to be creative try different things and edit for them and then eventually once they trusted me they brought me on to to film these like really big events like my first tv spot and such like these are it's a big deal but the thing is kevin like if i said no none of this would have happened
0: yeah and i think like it's so important to just be open like keep those doors open it's such a small industry and you were talking about like when you were leaving your studio beforehand is like you don't want to burn those bridges unless like something like went down. It's like, no, I just don't want to be part of that. It's like, But I have always been someone who has tried to build relationships since like the minute I got out of high school. It's just like in my previous career, I was a hotel manager. I got jobs and I was able to propel in that career, not just because I was skilled at what I was doing, but it's because I built those relationships along the way. And I had built trust. And that goes a long, long way. And you know what? Sometimes like it does turn into other opportunities. And sometimes there is no monetary advancement down the road. Exactly. You just shared an example where, like, yeah, you've you're compensated very nicely, but that's not going to be the case all the time. But what it does do is like it gives you that opportunity to at least like. See things at a with a much wider lens, and it gives people the opportunity to at least know that you're out there right it's yeah, if people can't find you and,
1: and don't know where you are, you're a sitting duck that's very true, and like that's why we do need to say yes a little bit more because we'll be exposed to a broader network, but to bring this back to networking like I knew I would do a good job for my friend and she would look good to her client because she brought on a videographer that's reliable. So by networking and helping someone else, I helped them look good. I helped the agency look good. And it was just a result that I ended up having my cup filled too. But that doesn't always happen, like you said. And sometimes it doesn't happen for years. It took me four years to actually get anything incredible. But my intention was, I just want to help my photographer friend. I'll make her look good. I'll make this agency look good. And that's what like re we have to reframe what networking is because it can actually lead to unexpected results. And like there are a variety of ways that we could approach networking in the context of helping other people. And I'm sure there are people in this industry that have received a bunch of cold emails or cold DMs about. From someone, they can be local, but they're often overseas. Hey, I can edit this video for you. Turnaround is two weeks, it's $150. And we just look at it, we're like, I'm not even clicking these links, garbage. Every day, every day. Every day, man. Like that spray and pray method of networking. Doesn't work. Doesn't often work. So if there is a, an industry professional right now that wants to shoot with an agency, work with a planner, don't spray and pray. You need to be like my guide to networking is being authentic and being curious and asking questions. Those are like, that's the trifecta right there. So that means that if, if there's a planner you want to work with, stay in touch with them. If they post something about their personal life, ask them questions like, oh, when did you get your dog? Or, oh, like, wh- what is keeping you up at night right now? What are you excited for? to accomplish like you got to start asking questions that dive deeper than just being superficial with yeah. with these people because people love talking about themselves so ask questions
0: show that you care like ask questions that um, have nothing to do with your business like yeah we are real people like behind all of our logos and our and our names we are real people real feelings um real challenges on a daily basis especially over the last few years with covid if i should say that word and like since then right like it's a troubling world out there right now it's scary a lot of people are hurting right now in a lot of different ways and i think we're a lot of times are in these silos and we only see like the best of the best on social
1: yeah absolutely and like A lot of us with networking are just going to ask, like, what do you do for a living? You know, how long have you been doing this? But if you already know the person and you're online and you want to deepen your connection, or even if you're in person, like, here are a few questions that will go, that will provide the right information that you you should have for networking. What do you like most about your job? What's one thing that exciting that you're working on right now? What challenges about your work keep you up at night? And what types of opportunities are you looking for beyond what you're currently doing? Those four questions will start conversations. And you have those conversations, you'll you'll start developing roots in that relationship and you'll deepen them because you get to know the person. And the cool thing is, or not the cool thing, but like the fascinating thing is like, what happens if you have the same struggle? Or what happens if you have the same goal with this person you want to connect with? You establish relatability. And if you can relate with someone, then you are much closer to like being friends because you're on the same page. You have the same struggles. You want to help one another. And that right there is how you deepen your network. It's not just you can make dope videos. I want to work with them or they have high end clients. But if it's I like being around them, I know who they are. I want to work with someone like that, and I want to work hard alongside someone like that. Well, I want to give the listeners a real
0: life example that involves you and I. Mm. And so earlier this year, you know, it was in the winter. I was going through a dark time, dealing with some really heavy stuff when it came to you know uh, burnout. Uh, my backlog was bad. I had not had a break really in like months. And I basically had tapped out. And I made the decision to go public about it. And it was scary because I was worried about how people were going to perceive me and, and right. look at me. It's like, oh, Kevin doesn't have it together, you know? And at that time, no, I didn't have it together. But I will say this one of the few people that actually personally, reached out to me was you and that meant the world to me like you and I we've never actually met in person before Yeah, I've joined your uh, monthly get-togethers you know online and but besides that like we had no like relationship no connection us outside of that and you took the time to reach out to me and we ended up scheduling like a zoom call and we chatted for about an hour or so. And you had nothing but like, just like honest and sincere intentions in wanting to hear me out, hear me vent and offer possible solutions that have helped you along the way. And I will say this, like I haven't forgotten about that and I want to thank you honestly for that because it meant, the world to me because um, there's people that know me better than you do that uh when i was struggling it was crickets yeah and that was tough right so thank you
1: yeah man like it's i don't necessarily want to say like my pleasure it wasn't pleasure but like yeah i'm here i'm here for the community and I went through the same thing a few months prior to you. Like I was so close to quitting. I was looking on Indeed at jobs. I pay so to rewrite my resume. I was going to quit because last year was nuts. But we need to check in on others because then we can help support one another. And even if we didn't stay in touch, like checking in with your dormant ties, people that you kind of know you stay in touch with, like that's another part of uh, Of networking but also sharing your experience and checking in with people that are like more experienced with you that are less experienced that are at the same level like you need to connect with people at all these different levels for various reasons which which we we can touch into but or touch on but checking in on others and just being curious and asking them questions like it does help you stay top of mind. And I don't want to necessarily bring everything back to like making money or revenue, but you know, yes, it, that is a direct result of being genuine and being curious and authentic. Like if I have nothing to offer you, I'm not going to ask you questions about how you're doing and your mental health, but I've been where you are, word. Yep. And I was just asking you questions. And yep. if someone doesn't know how to network or thinks that they're going to be like cringy or cold calling man, just ask them how their last shoot went. Or like, you can touch base with one sentence in a comment. For the love of God, don't drop three emojis on someone's video. Like actually like leave a comment or ask them a question. How'd they get that shot? What's your favorite shot? Wow, planner, what are you most proud of? Like,
0: don't just leave. Be genuine and be real. Like it's...
1: And just start asking questions. But to go back to other methods for networking it dormant ties are an area of your network that people should should start giving time to because half of the work is already done a dormant tie is someone that you connected with last year but you're not really in touch with and in order to stay in touch you just do the same thing you did with these new people you're just going to ask ask questions check in say hi how are you doing did you get that? How was that dream client you were telling me about from 2022? So I have a question for you, because I, this is probably something that is
0: on the minds of, of a, a lot of our listeners who think, my plate's full already. Like, I have nothing more to give. I'm just trying to keep my head above the water. Yeah. Is for for people like myself that feel that way at times, what would you say to them? Is like, when you're telling them, it's like, okay, you have to keep in touch with all these different people are like, well, yeah. I, don't, I just don't have the time. I, I, I yeah. can barely do what I'm doing right now. And you're asking me to do all this other networking. It's like, I just, I can't do it.
1: So you have to prioritize what your tasks are for one. And a lot of, at least the creatives in the industry, maybe everyone else too, we tend to focus on working in the business, like editing and admin. You give yourself permission to... Respond to an email 48 hours from when you receive it. Or give yourself permission to like not edit for two days. It's unless you have like a deadline, okay? Like I like I don't want to say don't do it. Like you don't want to put your work at risk, but you don't have to just turn the work around because for longevity for your business in the long run, you do have to work on your business. And that means you, you do have to let certain things go so that you can network, or so that you can work on your branding. And if you feel like you don't have time to work on this, don't. However, keep it on your radar, because even working 1% on your business every day or every week will will provide you with amazing results by the end of the year. And there's this like analogy that if you're starting... On Vancouver Island, like, and you're taking a flight, you're supposed to go to St. John's on the East Coast, but the plane moves one degree north, you're going to end up in like none of it or something. You know, this is yeah. not accurate. I'm not a pilot, but that's the analogy, is that 1% every day or every week working on something accumulates, and by the end of the year, you'll have a stronger network because you've touched base with three people throughout the year many, many times. It compounds over time, right? It compounds. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to do this every single day, but if there are if there's one person you want to work with by the end of the year or next year, spend a little bit of time on them, stay in touch, stay top of mind so that they know who you are and they know that you you care, actually. Yeah, and I think that's
0: the, the biggest thing is like just staying true to yourself. I mean, if you're someone who has you know maybe social anxiety or is not comfortable with being this extrovert well don't be that person stick true to who you are and don't try to be someone else and I think it's easy for us to see how others are doing things it's like oh well I have to do what they're doing they seem to have it all together
1: yeah
0: and we, we don't see everything that's going on behind the curtains yeah. You know, we're we're constantly grinding every day behind the scenes and it's only when we have these conversations, these deep emotional conversations that we really find out that there's more that's happening behind the scenes than what, you know, we see
1: mm-hmm.
0: on a daily basis, right?
1: Yeah. And just to demonstrate this point of like checking in with people, so I hosted my conference northbound th- this May. And one of the videographers, she is an introvert. And she messaged after I gave my talk a couple of weeks later, I received this message from her. And she's saying that being authentic and asking questions helped her make a really awesome connection with an artist that she wants to shoot music videos for. Now, all this videographer did was respond to this person's story. And this artist was, was complaining about having a difficult time and the one person who's like was asking questions was this videographer and i saw a screenshot of these messages eventually the artist was like man thank you for like you know just being interested in me like i'd love to shoot a music video with you and the videographer like that's what made her reach out to me She's like shy like it actually it actually works just asking questions they they didn't go too deep but they broke the surface of, oh, that sucks, or I'm so sorry. And potentially, now this video- videographer is gonna get more work, is gonna improve her skills, she's gonna self-actualize, become the director she wants to be, and this is all just because she showed interest in this dormant tie.
0: Yeah, and that's a perfect example of someone who's, who's an introvert, I guess, and was still able to find their way to get to where they wanted to be simply by just you know asking those questions and just being genuine and it's it's so easy to to be uh cringy you know uh (laughs) in the beginning like i mean it's kind of like that awkward you know first date yeah you don't ask someone to marry them on the first date. No. Although I've seen that happen.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and my wife didn't know she was going to marry me after that first date. Oh, okay. Uh, she didn't tell me that, but she told her mother that night on the phone. But, so, but you know, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about marriage on the first date. You know, yeah. we got to know each other, right? I mean, we, we just got yeah. to know each other on a very, like, personal level. We met online originally, you know, and then we were able to move that to, to an in-person date. And, you know, the rest is history.
1: Yeah. And you've brought up introverts a few times, and, and I want to talk to the introverts in this digital room right now. Like, If you're in a, in a room and, and networking with people or at a wedding and networking, like it's okay to give yourself a quota. You don't have to talk to everyone because that's what the introverted DJ is doing. You want to connect with one person? Fine. Just talk to that one person. After you've got enough information about who that person is, you've learned about them. That's fine. You're done. You can just go focus on work, but it is important to acknowledge who you are, have the confidence and then again, have a quality discussion, not talk to 50 different people at your next event or more realistically, 10 people. It's okay to talk to two people. Once you connect, Peace out. You're done. Go back to your hotel room. Go back to wherever you got to go. It's You've done enough. It's okay.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, a lot of times, we are in these little silos in our own offices. And a lot of our networking that we're doing is via social media or emails or phone calls. So from a distance, do you want to talk about like how we can get better at networking through those channels.
1: Yeah. There are two things that I want to talk about then is like our platforms and then like my top secret, which has, which I love doing. And and I'm excited to talk on that. So digitally, it's important to remember what we spoke about earlier, ask people questions, be authentic, but just stay in, in touch Occasionally, and not just with the people that you want to like work with, but the people you look up to, because like M- Matt Johnson, for example, Matt Johnson is like the YouTube celebrity. We love him. He he's reviewing gear. He's talking about different process and editing. If you don't know who Matt Johnson is, he's glorious. Look him up. Who is Matt? And I was going through a mastermind, and I did it to get education through it. But one of the, the connections I made was Matt Johnson. I was one of the few Canadians in the group and that kind of stood out. And I would just respond to his stories in, like, in my way, which is kind of full of humor, a little bit of sarcasm. And I did that occasionally to stay top of mind, but also like to build the connection. And when it came down to finding speakers for Northbound, he was down to come and that was incredible. I never thought he would attend, but if you put in a few minutes just to talk to the people that you want to connect with, want to work with, comment on their posts with more than just three fire emojis, like that's how you'll be seen a little bit more and you can start developing a relationship and maybe nothing will happen or maybe nothing will happen for three years, but that person is going to know you and you never know what these connections are going to. Uh, are going to bring about, so it's just staying in touch within your your bandwidth.
0: Yeah, it's just really showing that you care, right? You know, as a human, you know, putting the business aside, you know, networking is all about connecting. Yeah, on a personal level. So
1: yeah, and you can compliment these. You know, if you idolize someone, you can compliment them on their work or ask them questions because they're just like you and me. Yeah, they're just people that have been doing this and they just do it well and they they know the secret to getting. 30,000 followers on Instagram, but they all, what, put their pants on one leg at a time and they'll be happy to connect with you. It is what it is.
0: So am I the only one that puts them both on at the same time? Like both yeah. legs at the same time? Okay. I just... Is it
1: like you come out of your bed and then you sit right into yeah, it? yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of secrets, you want to talk about your top secret method?
1: Yeah, yeah. My top secret is a way for people to stay top of mind for years without being in the same province even and that and the secret is just gifting it's strategic gifting so what that means is your first it's a gesture of appreciation so and this method comes from Josh Rulin R U H L I N and he wrote a book called giftology and it talks about giving people long-lasting, functional, and meaningful gifts as a way to stay top of mind. So for example, there was a photographer that I really enjoyed working with, one of the best in the industry. And I got them a Santoku knife, which is a beautiful Japanese-style chef's knife. I wrapped it in cloth. And as a thank you for these referrals that I that I received from them, I hand delivered it to them. And this is a method that, that John talks about. I think it's John. And I gave them a the knife, we chit chatted, and then I pieced out. A few weeks later, the photographer's like, wow, Shaila, thank you. I love this knife. Every time I look at it, I think about you. And that's it right there. This is the nugget. If you get someone an item that, is, that they're going to use that provides joy to their family, like cooking or another example I've done is a milk frother for their coffee. If you give them something that they're gonna use, you're gonna stay top of mind, but it's not just AirPods that are gonna break in four years or be outdated. It's a nice high quality duffel bag for that planner that travels. So you are providing them with a way that like to enhance their life, and you don't even have to be there. You don't even have to deliver it. Or like I've gotten photographers and planners diapers for their newborn. I've been there. I'm a dad. And I got them the highest end diapers you can get. Like, you know, not much money, 30 bucks. <laughs> and with gifting, when you give the family joy, you give that person joy. Yeah. Like when someone, you have a dog? I, I don't know. I got two. Okay. When someone comes up to you and compliments your dog, how does that make you feel, Kevin? Yeah, you feel proud, you feel good. You feel good, because people, you're making, like the people around you or your your fur baby, they're happy and that brings you joy. Yeah. So to the people in the industry listening to this, if you want to show appreciation to that planner and you know that planner's into hiking, get them a high-end Swiss Army knife, a nice backpack, or something like that. That's going to add to the quality of their life because they're going to think about you, and subsequently, like want to refer you. I know it kind of it it could sound selfish. I don't necessarily care if I get business. I've done this a few times to other photographers, haven't had any referrals, and that's okay. You do it because you care. Yeah, you do it because you care. You want to add, you want to add to their life. And here's the thing: these are not cheap gifts. Like, yeah, you can get diapers that are 30 bucks. Yeah, you can get the milk frother that's 20 bucks. But to the people you really, really want to wow, like I'm talking like a $200 chef's knife, like a $700 duffel bag for someone that travels. Now, yeah, man, you're raising your eyebrows. That's a shitload of money. But here's the thing. Like how much have we spent on SD cards over two years? hundreds, thousands, because we need it. We can't do the work without our SD cards. But if you can spend $500 on a photographer, whatever, a planner, once and they think about you for five years, how's that marketing budget now? It's the gift that keeps on giving, right? Oh, like that's that's it, man. So I encourage everyone to read the book, Giftology, and think about how you can gift to your community Deepen your network, show you care, and stay top of mind, really.
0: And all that, like, it really just comes back to just being a real person. Yeah. No side agenda. It's just be real, Uh, be authentic. I know that's a buzzword, but being like just a normal human being that actually, per my language, it gives a shit about, you know, the people in your lives and not expecting anything in return, but doing it because you just want to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know people listening that like, feel like we don't have too much money or where do we spend our money? Yep. Don't spend all your money on the gear because like we said earlier, if you film a video with the newest camera, but you cannot provide a top notch experience after they watch their video, they're going to remember how awkward it was. Or that photographer is not even going to refer you because you were in their way on your gimbal the whole entire time. Like you need to be considerate. You need to be helpful. You need to get people water, Coke, or d'oeuvres. Like that's really, that's what's going to help you stay in this business in the long term. And what's also cool is if there are people that started out of the, and they're at the same level as you, as you grow alongside these people, they're going to want to work with you. And they're photographers now. That's, you know, they're charging 5K starting, 6K starting. And I've known them since the beginning. And now I'm getting the referrals from them. Yeah. And that's awesome. Cause that means that these are higher paying clients. And now I can finally like make more money, go on vacation, maybe finally, and take care of my family and do this in the long term.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, there's so many moments throughout this uh, conversation that we've had that I'm like, this is like just such a golden nugget. And I, I really am so thankful for you to share all those uh, tips and, and, you know, and your wisdom. Um, these are things that you've put in practice. You're not just preaching it and you're not, you're not just walking it. But you, or you're not just talking it, you're walking it, right? Yeah. And so I really uh, want to uh, hear about more about your conference that you just had this back mate, and what you got coming up before we uh,
1: sign off here. So Northbound... Northbound video or at Northbound video on Instagram. It's the only videographer conference in the country, and I was able to start this because of the pandemic. You know, a lot of my work was canceled, and I had the time to put this together. Because going to the states, you're going to the states for an for an event shortly. You know that you pay thirty percent more, or a lot of your costs go up when you're leaving the country. But with this videographer conference, Northbound is for any type of videographer, weddings, commercial. And this past uh, May, you know, we had Hello Tomorrow, one of the best videographers. Love Mac and Aaron. Yeah, Mac and Aaron, like they're one of the best in the on the continent and they're here uh, in BC. Matt Johnson, we spoke about how to improve YouTube, how to edit better, how to network, how to brand. This is a place where Canadians, you know, if you're American, you know, you can come out too, but we're Canadian creators can learn from fellow Canadians, learn how to improve their craft, but improve their business and do this full time Mm -hmm. and work with people that they want to be around. But in the context of networking, you're meeting others in this country. And it's people that can hold you accountable, that can champion you, that when you come out here, you can connect with. Or when you're going to Ontario, you can go hang out with them. Like, Mm -hmm we work in a silo going to northbound is just this like inspiring two day event that i've received feedback on and it's great to go and be in person with other people like i'm having a good time just chatting with you on a screen but if i can give you a handshake a hug and cheers you and have a tequila shot like that's what i want to do with with my my vendor friends my frienders
0: i love it and so you do this on an annual basis now and so uh are you already planning for next year?
1: Yeah, next year it's happening on May fourteenth and fifteenth. Oh, my birthday! Really? The 50, yeah, the fifteenth is my birthday. So. Oh, so you're probably not coming, I guess, because you're gonna be busy.
0: <laughs> I'm actually out filming a wedding in Mexico. So, oh
1: no, that's a great way to spend your birthday. My
0: fortieth, not too bad.
1: Yeah, man, exactly. You still have that tequila shot. Yeah, but yeah, like we, it's not just presentations. We also have workshops. On uh, the last event. Hello Tomorrow, they won the best elopement video on Love Stories TV. And they revealed their timeline to us and demonstrated their editing process. And then we had a lighting workshop on cinematography. And Matt Johnson, like, reviewed wedding videos live, like, in real time. Yeah. And you walk away with a lot of information. And I just really want this to be an event where people in Canada have a place to learn and be inspired um, so that they don't have to go to the States, which it costs a lot of money. There are a lot of wonderful events and do it. Like I was a part of how to film weddings mastermind. I've been to masters in motion in Texas, wonderful events, but you can save a little bit of money if you think Northbound is going to be valuable. So that that's one thing I hope for, for the industry.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, Shia. Like this has been such an amazing time just uh, chatting with you and just learning more about how we can all get better at networking? How can people find you on the uh, web so uh, you can uh, drop all your handles? All the but handles you got a few of them.
1: Yeah. So uh, the conference is at Northbound Video, but my work page is at Shia K Films, S H Y A H K Films, and that's where I post obviously like my wedding work, a few tips on on how to help couples and people listening. Like, hit me up. You don't have to ask me questions, but maybe just say you heard of me through the podcast. And I swear, if you drop three fire emojis on my latest video, like I'm just going to laugh at this um, and probably not respond. (laughs) Um, We'll just get like a like on the comment. That's it. But yeah, like let's connect. I want to hear from my Albertan Albertan friends
0: for sure. Well, thanks again for coming on and sharing your wisdom and just uh, letting people in on what you've been up to over the last nine years. And I can't wait to come out there and um, have those uh, tequila shots with you.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm so down. And thanks for for starting this podcast. I remember when you were just kind of like talking about it, but now there's a space where people in Alberta can learn from others, from their community, and that people getting married can learn more about vendors in the industry. And thank you for for doing this. It's a a
0: deep passion of mine and uh, I'm just getting started, so. Nice. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.